ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again, it's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockhunt, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. Hello, 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 my purpose girl. So on a scale of negative 10 to positive 10, how happy are you in your life? Now, I've asked this question before, and every once in a while, it's good to do a little gut check. Scale of negative 10 to positive 10, how happy are you in your life? And then I want you to look at that number. And if you're a three or wherever you are, ask yourself, where would you like to be? Right? If you're a negative two, would you like to be at zero or a two? If you are at a three, would you like to be at a five? If you're at a five, would you like to be at an eight? Would you like to be at a 10 or a 12 or a 15 regardless? The thing is, is that us women are less happy than we should be. I've shared before that women are twice as likely to be depressed as men. I've shared before that we are less happy than women were 30 years ago. And I'm on a mission at the moment. Instead of being twice as likely to be depressed, I'm on a mission that we should be twice as happy. That's it. My new tagline, women twice as happy. Because we deserve it. Because we work so hard. Because we give life. Because we give life to ideas. Because we're creative. Because we're beautiful. We deserve that. And so recently I posted in one of my groups, what are you struggling with? And women said motivation, self-doubt, feeling lonely, anxiety, general blahs with how 2020 has kicked butt. And let's face it, 2020 has been hard, right? It has been so challenging. The things that the women said go beyond 2020 and into women's happiness in general. Because the truth is that women do have more self-doubt than men. Women are less confident for some crazy reason than men. Women are more anxious, more prone to depression than men. And I say it's time to end all of that. Ladies, you were born to be wildly, passionately happy. You were born actually to be as alive as a little girl who is five and wants a pony and is like, get me a pony. I'm so happy. I want a pony. I want a pony. Or who is four and looks in the mirror and is like, I'm beautiful. I'm a princess. Or who puts on her mom's high heels and dances around and red lipstick, shaking her booty. That's who we all are. And I know it got beaten out of us. And so today's episode of the Purpose Girl podcast is all about what is making us unhappy. The main reasons why women are less happy than men and how to shift them all. It's going to be great. You want to make sure you stay tuned for the whole thing. I cannot wait. First, though, of course, we need to read our review of the week. This is a five-star review coming from Kiara. It is called Love the Energy! Exclamation point. I love Karen's energy and voice. Oh, thank you. She doesn't shy away from difficult subjects and tackles everything with kindness and compassion. Oh, that is so nice. Thank you so much. And all of you out there, if you have not left your review, 
What are you waiting for? Go help a girlfriend out. Head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Leave your five-star review. That is how women everywhere find us. And I might just read your review on air, which is super fun. And speaking of women's happiness and kindness and compassion, did you all hear my big announcement? On Sunday, October 18th, 2020, I am holding a totally free, totally fabulous, so fun women's happiness masterclass for you. It's going to be a freaking amazing. It's called Wildly Passionately Happy. And it is going to be a celebration where you remember how fabulous you are. It is going to be a sisterhood circle where you feel supported and loved. It is going to be a training where I teach you the pillars of a fulfilled woman. I teach you why women are different than men. And I teach you simple tools for you to shift to your happiness, most motivated, most fabulous self at any moment. And we need it right now because we need women leading this world. This is what we need at this moment. And so if COVID has got you down, made you feel lonely, made you feel unmotivated, if the current events are making you feel at all anxious or hopeless, or if you just want a little boost, or let's say you're feeling great and you just want to be with a group of women feeling even greater, join us. It is coming up this Sunday, October 18th, 2020. It's called Wildly Passionately Happy. It's the Women's Happiness Masterclass. You register for free at purposegirl.com forward slash WGHD. You can find it in the show notes or just type that in. And please send that link to all of your friends, all of your female colleagues, all of your female neighbors, your daughters, your mom, bring them all. There's going to be prizes. It's going to be so fun. You want to join Now, back to us being unhappy and shifting that for good. Okay, first and foremost, if it all resonates for you, this idea of not being as happy as you want to be, of feeling like there must be more to life or feeling unmotivated. A woman posted in one of my groups recently, I know what I need to do. I know what I'm here for, but I am filled with negativity, right? If that resonates for you, if you get filled with self-doubt, I want you to know that you are not alone. Okay, in our world of Instagram and Facebook and whatever else is out there, it can really look like everyone has it all together. And so a couple of days ago was Mental Health Awareness Day, and I posted that I had been to a therapist the day before because mama had some post-traumatic stress. I experienced a huge trauma with my son's birth. If you haven't heard the story go back and listen to that episode. It's beautiful and touching. And a lot of women have told me that they can relate. So I experienced a lot of trauma and I was so proud of him and so proud of me for surviving and then thriving that I was like, no, I'm good. Anytime anyone asks me, are you okay from that trauma? Yeah, I'm good. Your baby almost died. No, I'm good. And I was feeling good. I wasn't lying. I was proud of him. I felt like a badass. I felt strong. But then the last, I don't know, maybe month, I noticed that I was starting to get really angry and resentful at Josh. I noticed that I was starting to feel down. I was having meltdowns maybe once a week. And maybe that's normal as a new mom. It probably is. But I know my own signs of starting to feel depressed. I know the early warning signs of anxiety and of depression. And so I sought out a specialist, a therapist who specializes in post-traumatic stress. 
And I had an incredible session on Friday. The waterworks came out. I bawled and I bawled finally about my fear and sadness and grief and anger. I was full of rage. I probably still am. And I posted that and several women sent me messages saying, thank you for keeping it real about mental health, right? People don't talk about it. And that's the truth. So the first thing I want you to know is if you suffer from perfectionism or self-doubt or anxiety or depression or just wanting more in life and then feeling guilty about it, you are not alone. Okay. You are not alone. You have me and I know so many more women who are right there with you. Now, I know that we've been taught by Cosmopolitan Magazine that we can have it all. And I know that we've been shown lots of pictures, especially with social media, filters, people faking it. But the truth is that every woman is full of so many emotions. In fact, our emotions are one of the best things about us. It is okay that you might feel so low at times. It is okay for you to have rage and it is okay for you to have incredible joy. You are not alone. I don't know if anyone else is going to come out of the woodwork, but at least you got me. So send me a message on Instagram or Facebook so that you know you are not alone. Now in all my work with women, and I've been doing this work for nine years at this point, I have spoken to literally millions of women through my gig on Sirius XM radio as the happiness guru on stars radio morning show, wake up with Taylor through speaking to women's groups at Amazon and Capital One and companies everywhere. And if your company brings in speakers for International Women's Day, make sure that they're reaching out to me. And through coaching women individually and in groups, I've literally spoke with and worked with millions of women. And I find that our issues are so similar, right? We're not talking about them, but they are so similar. And so I'm going to go through what I have seen as the issues that are keeping women in that place of self-doubt, lack of motivation, not being as happy, not feeling as good inside as we deserve to be and we need to be. The first issue, we hate ourselves. Now, I know that that might sound blunt and (laughs) crazy, but let's be honest for a minute. We hate ourselves. We hate our bodies. We think we're not smart enough. We degrade ourselves in front of each other, in front of kids. We're horrible at taking compliments. How many women do you know who are good at taking compliments, right? We treat ourselves worse than we would treat our worst enemy, right? Because you get in the shower, you look in the mirror, you point out all the things that you find disgusting or wrong. Sadly, according to a Glamour magazine survey, 97% of the women in that survey said that they disliked some aspect of their body. 97%. In fact, 90% of American women say that they don't like their bodies, 80% in other countries. I mean, this is insanity, right? And the truth is that this begins from the time that we're girls. I mean, fourth graders are dieting. A study I found said that a third of all fourth grade girls, what is that, nine, eight, 10, something like that, have been on a diet. Now, this is not your fault, okay? This hating yourself did not come from you. And here's how I know. My sister had a baby five months before me, a beautiful little girl who is just, ah, just lights up my whole heart and soul. And she is now nine months old and she's just starting to see mirrors. In fact, you know what she loves looking at in the mirror? Herself. 
my sister's like, she loves looking at herself. And I said, oh my God, that is genius. Wow. When we were babies, we loved looking at ourselves. And then you know what's going to happen when she's one and two and three. She's going to look in the mirror. She's going to be like, I'm so cute. I'm a princess. I'm amazing. Right? This is what most little girls do before they learn that there is something wrong with them. It doesn't matter if they have a big old fat belly. It doesn't matter if they've got short hair or long hair. They feel beautiful. They love to look in the mirror and giggle and say that they're a princess. And so this idea that there is something wrong with you, that you are worthy of hating yourself, didn't come from you. Where did it come from? It came from centuries of patriarchal conditioning. If we go back in time, a system was created, the patriarchy, in order to keep women down, right? Men had to basically own women as wives in order to stay successful, in order to keep their wealth going. There is so much on this topic But it's a whole system that was set up for women to feel bad about themselves, right? Women competed for the marriage. Women had to just be pretty. Women just had to look right. And marriage was a financial system, right? People got married because it helped the family financially. And so what a woman needed to do to get married was to be the prettiest one, the most appealing, the most quiet. And then that set up competition among women and women to dislike themselves, to always feel that they are not good enough. Now, this was a system from a long, long, long time ago, but look at how it is still impacting us. This is what we've been taught from our mothers, from our grandmothers. I grew up in a family where the women were all in the kitchen serving the food and the men were all sitting. Okay, I know it's ridiculous, but this is the holiday that I grew up in. And... As my aunt would take a piece of food into her mouth, she'd go, oh, I'm so fat. So what did I learn as a little girl? What did we all learn as a little girl? Now, I love my aunts. Like, it's going out of style. Where did she learn it? From generations and generations. So it is not you that says that there is something wrong with you. Then we add in women's magazines, right? We add in a fashion industry, a health industry that shows an quote-unquote ideal woman that is impossible for the majority of us, like 99% of us to live up to. And we simply can't. A lot of beauty companies make money by making us feel bad about ourselves. And that has to end. Of course, we hate ourselves when all we see is that we're old and need anti-aging cream. Of course, we hate ourselves when we see that we need to take diet pills or drink diet soda. It goes on and on. The answer, the antidote, to hating yourself is self-love. I want you to take yourself back and imagine being my niece. Look in the mirror as if you were nine months old again, as if you were two. Look into your own eyes and who do you see? What does she say about herself? We can learn self-acceptance. We can learn self-love. We can learn self-celebration. Celebrating your body, no matter its shape. Celebrating your genius, no matter if you're artistic genius or your analytical genius or whatever your genius is. Self-celebration is the answer. Issue number two that I see among women constantly. 
We put ourselves last. Like WTF, like literally when I was in my early 20s, I read a book called The Sacrificial Mother, right? The Sacrificial Mother. This is who we're supposed to be in order to be a good mother. I'm supposed to not think of myself and only of my son. I'm supposed to put all of his needs first. Now, that is primal, right? Of course, that is primal as a mother to take care of our children. And whether you ever have children or don't have children, it's primal then as a woman to be nurturing and to take care of. But when did it become that we take care of at the expense of ourselves? As one of my clients once said to me, she always takes the burnt toast, right? If she's making a bunch of toast for a brunch, she always takes the burnt piece, leaves the rest for everyone else. Like what? I get it though. I've seen it. I've seen my mom take the last piece of cake when making cake. I've seen women have kind of the smallest piece of chicken. What are we doing? Now, again, I think that there is a primal aspect, but when we take this primal aspect and we add on to it these years of patriarchal conditioning, we come to believe that we actually aren't worthy of having more. Let me repeat that. We come to believe that we aren't worthy of having more. Is that ever a belief that you have in your own mind? And maybe it's unconscious or subconscious. That you find that if your child wants to go on spring break, even though you've been saving up to go on a retreat, or even if you've been saving up to take a class that will just fill your soul and lift your heart and help you live on purpose or reshift your career, no, no, I'm just going to pay for my kid's spring break. No, you are not going to do that anymore. Do you know what my parents did for my spring break? They had me pay for it myself. Yup. From the time I was 15, I knew in my household, if I wanted to go on trips by myself, I needed to pay for it. So when I wanted to go to France with my high school trip, I got a job at a pizza restaurant. And you know what? It was $2,000. And this is a long time ago. I was 16. I'm 46 now. So 30 years ago. And I saved that money up and I took myself to France. And I was the only person on this trip who took myself paid for it. And I swear because of that, I loved it. Maybe even 10 times more. I'm now obsessed with everything France, right? Like I want us to go live there. And I'm so proud of myself. And so this putting ourselves last, I want you to think about the message that you are then sending to your children. What message are you sending to little girls if you totally take only the burnt piece of toast? What are you teaching them about what a mom is? If you have sons, what are you teaching them about women? If it's always that you put yourself last, what are you teaching them about the women in their lives when they become adults? Now, I don't say all that to make you feel like shit. Hell no. You know, I'm right there with you. We're learning this. We're doing it together. We're shifting. We're changing because we're saying no to this old system that has made us less happy than men. Again, what we're going for here is twice as happy. Instead, I want you to think about what would you be teaching your kids if you went ahead and you went on that retreat? When I have my goddess girls retreat, if you've been wanting to go, it's in Miami every year, hopefully past COVID, we're going to be doing this again. If you've been wanting to go, what does it say actually to your kids that mom takes a weekend for her own learning, her own growth, her own fulfillment? It says mom is worthy of it. It says that mom's feelings are important. And then when you come back and you're elevated and you're confident and you're excited about your dreams and then they see you pursuing dreams, they see you going back to school or they see you starting a business, what do they learn then? 
whoa, mom is capable, women are capable. This is huge. We must stop putting ourselves last. Yes, it can be uncomfortable to possibly make other people feel uncomfortable, right? That's the fear. Uh Uh-oh, if I put myself first, then my kids are going to be upset. My partner is going to be upset. Is it working though this way? No. So we must actually shift and say no more crumbs. No more crumbs. When mama has a whole piece of cake, when mama has the whole cake, what does she do? She makes more cake for other people. This is the beauty of us. But if you are so depleted because you've been putting everybody else first and putting yourself last or not at all on the list, then you have nothing to give to anyone. The key here is to shift our worth. I want you to shift your worth and realize that you are worthy and not only worthy, but you need to put yourself first. Now there's the old airplane adage. I think it's overdone. Put your own mask on first, but it's true. And the reason is there's a saying, right? When mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. That's because your energy, so goes the rest of the household. Your mood, so goes the rest of the household. We know from the research that emotions are contagious. It's called social contagion. And so if you are depleted, what happens then? I know when I'm depleted, I'm short-tempered. I take things out on other people. I say things I don't mean to. I'm reactive. I get angry, resentful. But when I'm happy, oh, I want to take care of Josh. I nourish him. I love making us yummy meals. I love doing for us. I love planning fun events. This is a research phenomenon. If you want to take care of everyone else, take care of yourself first. Remember, selfish is not selfish. It is other-ish. Issue number three that I see from pretty much every woman that I have ever worked with, we are trying to be perfect. Raise your hand if you are a perfectionist. (laughs) Is there any woman right now with her hand down? No, I doubt it. Because perfectionism has taken over our lives. Yes, Instagram and Facebook are making it worse, but this was around even before. For some reason, we got it into our heads when the feminist movement came about and we got the right to vote and then we got the right to work and to be equal. We didn't drop the rest of what we were doing, right? Another issue I see with women is we're burnt the frick out. I'm going to talk about that in a second. But not only are we trying to do everything, we're trying to do everything with A++ perfect gold stars all the time, right? We're, we're trying to do it with perfectly manicured fingernails at the same time. Perfectionism kills joy because if you're constantly thinking about that you didn't get to the parent-teacher conference on time or that you didn't read that one email or that you didn't cook as good of a meal as Joey's parents cook or whatever it might be, or that you allow sugar snacks, or you allow sugar cereal, if you're constantly thinking of what you do wrong, and this is so easy I'm seeing as a mama, holy cow, okay? If you're constantly thinking of what you did wrong, then where's the joy? Where's the joy, right? We spend so much time trying to be perfect. Someone told us that we are supposed to be perfect in every single area of our lives. It's impossible. And actually, it's a little boring, Right, somebody who is like perfect homemaker, perfect in their career, perfect here, perfect there. It's it's actually not that interesting. What's much more interesting is to acknowledge and to embrace our messiness, our imperfection, 
as a new mom, I'm saying this everywhere. My son is not yet sleeping through the night. He's three and a half months old. But of course, I saw on Instagram that someone's child is sleeping for eight hours through the night, 10 p.m. until 6 a.m. And then I feel like a big fat loser, right? Wrong. Yes, there was a moment where my perfectionist brain wanted to be like, I want that to be me who could say that my kid does that. And then it was like, and whatever, He's three and a half months old. The truth is that the majority of babies that age are not sleeping that long. And it's okay. This is 100% a mindset. A mindset. Carol Dweck at Stanford University talked about fixed mindset and growth mindset. And fixed mindset is when we believe you're either intelligent or you're not. You're either attractive or you're not. You're either artistic or you're not. You're pretty or you're not. And too often we grow up with this fixed mindset and then there's no room for all of the gray and all the color in between. But the gray and the color in between is where most of us are. And a growth mindset says, I'm learning. It's okay if I fail. I'm going to learn from that. I'm going to grow from that. And beyond even a growth mindset, there's like a funny human deliciousness, imperfection, love that woman, realness that each one of us can and really deserves to be. In episode number four of the Purpose Girl podcast, I remember this because it was so powerful. I interviewed my dear friend, Louisa Joy, and she talks about peace at six, picking a couple areas of your life that you're going to be a 10 out of 10 at. And then the rest is a six. Like right now, my house is a six. (laughs) It is a mess. And that's okay because I have a new baby. I'm choosing my two 10s to be my son, of course, that I spend quality time with him, that I take in his smile, that I love giving him his little massages and his baths. I really savor every moment of him. And Purpose Girl, doing things like bringing you the Women's Happiness Masterclass and creating wildly passionately happy. Like that's what I'm choosing to be a 10. And then if my house is a mess in the meantime, whatevs. It's okay. So this is what we must try to do. We must learn how to shift our mindset and have peace over perfection every single time. Next issue, why women are less happy than men. We ruminate. What does that mean? Rumination literally is like a cow chewing its cud, like chewing the food over and over again. This is what we do as women about things that have gone wrong in our lives, right? Or about mistakes or about what the guy said or didn't say or why he emailed us back or why he texted us after a date or he didn't text us after a date. Like we ruminate. We think about it over and over and over and over again. In fact, before I knew the word rumination, my dear friend Allison and I used to call it beating a dead horse. And she and I would talk about something. I remember after my divorce, I had gone on a date with this guy and it was all new to me because I hadn't dated in so long. And so we analyzed an email from him, analyzed, and we talked about it for hours. And then I came back to her like a half hour later. I'm like, okay, but what about this aspect? What about when he said this? What did that mean? And she and I would crack up. We called it beating a dead horse. We're like, is that horse dead? Yep, let's just keep beating it, right? Not that we want any horses dead. The point is that we would ruminate. We're constantly chewing on what went wrong, what could go wrong, what is wrong. Now, men, they compartmentalize. And this is frustrating as heck, right? At least for me, 
when Josh is not thinking about something that went wrong over and over and over again or thinking about a family member that's frustrated us over and over or like in my current situation, he does not get as anxious about sleep habits and food habits and everything about the baby, right? And he is able to compartmentalize it, like drives me crazy. And at the same time, it's so freaking healthy. One of the reasons why women are more depressed than men is that we are ruminating. Plus, we carry the stress of everyone else's problems in a way that men don't, right? Have you ever heard the term, you're only as happy as your least happy child? So women, mothers, and the same is true probably of your girlfriends. I mean, you you think about and think about and ruminate on it. Plus, we're so super hard on ourselves. And so we're constantly beating ourselves up and then thinking about what we could have done better. Well, that rumination research shows is part of what's contributing to women being more depressed than men, women being less happy. Now, rumination is worry, right? And worry is actually very human. It's natural and it actually can feel good, research shows. And we worry out of love. We worry about the people that we love and it's a form of love because we want to make sure that they are okay and well. We worry about our performance in a meeting or at work because we want to make sure that we did well. So worry is actually a form of love and that's why it can feel good. It also can feel good because if we go back thousands of years ago, our early ancestors would worry about what might go wrong and that contributed to survival. So if you're worried that you might not have enough food for the winter or you might not be able to take care of your children, then you were preparing. And so now we might not have the same concerns, but that worry transferred over and the feeling of it feeling good transferred over. So underneath worry is love. And the thing is, we can't ever redo something that was done. We can't ever predict exactly what's going to happen. The best we can do is learn mindfulness to bring us into the present. And what is? There's also a mindset trick I love called worst case, best case, most likely. This is something that I teach in my Goddess on Purpose course, my Empowered course, and all my courses because your brain is going to go to worst case. So you may as well also counter it with best case and then be able to come up with what is most likely. But we can shift ruminating with mindfulness, learning how to come into the present and focus on the love and focus on what is and having a little bit of a sense of humor that everything's going to be okay. Everything has always been okay, and so it will be okay again. And these are tools that we can do for ourselves. Another reason why women are less happy than men, we're totally dry. Can we be honest? I mean, (laughs) I'm not just talking about your pussy, though. I am talking about your pussy. We've totally stopped having fun. This is so common. I see it all the time with the women that I work with. And I used to be the same way. It's like we've become all business, right? We become so serious about everything. I mean, motherhood is now business. Did I feed the right way? Did I diaper the right way? Did I do sleep the right way? And this goes on, I'm sure. Did I school the right way? Did I teach the right way? I mean, it goes on and on and on. And we're so freaking serious about it. And then our work, it's like, I got to get ahead. I got to get ahead. I got to get ahead. And how do we get ahead? We just put our heads down work, 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 and wait to be recognized for it, right? We become so serious. We're no longer having fun. Now, here's the thing. I brought up the little girl at the beginning of this episode, that little girl who loved to dance or look in the mirror and say, I'm fabulous. I'm awesome. I'm a princess. She's still inside of you, whatever that version was for you. And she wants to come out. I have a client who used to look in the mirror secretly She would put on her mom's clothes and look in the mirror as a little, little girl and secretly 
dream of being on stage, secretly dream of being a queen, secretly dream of being a unicorn. And she would dance and she would make up romances, but she had to do it all in secret because her parents didn't approve. They wanted her to study. They wanted her to be serious. They said little girls shouldn't be shown like that. And so she really hid all of it. It was like her secret fantasy world. But that's actually who she is inside. I have another client who is so glittery and unicorn-like and always happy and excitable, but was told that she was annoying, right? Her older siblings said she was so annoying. And even her mom would be like, keep it down, keep it down, hold it down, right? And so she learned not to be that way. But that's actually who we are. Or I have another client that fun for her when she was a little girl was reading. But her mom was afraid that she wasn't social enough. And so she wasn't allowed to just sit in her room and read. So she stopped having fun. The thing is, is that women were actually designed for fun and for pleasure. Biologically, our bodies, we have a clitoris. It's the only organ of both men and women that is designed for nothing but pleasure, right? Men's penis, they pee out of it. They ejaculate out of it. It has multiple purposes. Our clitoris only for pleasure. Women are actually designed. We have these beautiful hips. We're designed to dance. Whether you're religious or not, the most historical text that we have is the Bible. Whether you see it as written from God or stories, they're stories for certain. And the women were dancing. The women were dancing. So our hips are for dancing. Our clitoris is for pleasure. I even think that's part of why men in the patriarchy tried to hold women down. They couldn't understand us. We danced and were full of joy. We were bonded with other women. We had fun. We gave birth. We were so powerful. But we've lost all of that. It's been like stripped of us. When it comes to our sexual pleasure, we've been told that if you like sex, you're a slut. When it comes to joy and fun, we've been told that's not important. There's nothing more important. The more pleasure and joy and fun you have, the more successful you will be in everything else. In trying to get ahead and to make life work, we've been in our heads and out of our bodies, but women are sensual beings. We literally were born with bodies that follow the moon cycle. And like I said, to dance and our emotions, we can get wildly giddy. We need to be that. We're not men. We're not men. And that's why our happiness is different than men's happiness. But we've been trying to dress like men. We've been trying to operate like men. No, it's time that we were successful as a woman, as our playful, mysterious, inflow, compassionate, intuitive, creative, wild selves. Huge piece of what I'm going to be teaching in the Women's Happiness Masterclass. Huge piece of what I do in Goddess on Purpose in that class. Listen, everyone has masculine and feminine in us. But the masculine has been prized and it's time to shift that. Your emotions are genius. Your sensitivity is genius. Your sense of connection and collaboration and bonding with others is genius. Your intuition is genius. It's time that we had fun and pleasure and that we play again. That is how we take our happiness back. You've got to figure out what that is for you. One of my clients, she couldn't figure out a purpose, couldn't figure out a purpose, but she loved dogs. And she started off doing dog walking. 
awesome. She ended up making it her whole business. She quit her job and everything else. But this is a possibility for us all. Another commonality I find amongst all women, we feel alone, right? I started with this at the beginning that you are not alone, but we feel it. Research shows that with more responsibilities, women give up their friendships. Ironically, we have more friends on Facebook than we ever did before, right? But we compare ourselves to others. And that makes us feel alone, even if we aren't. And as emotional creatures, if you're partnered with a man, some men are very emotive, very sensitive, but many, that's not their gig. That's not how they operate. And so I hear from a lot of women that they feel alone in their emotions when they're with their husbands. If you're partnered with a man, you might find you're more emotive, more sensitive. Many men are emotive and sensitive, but I hear from a lot of women that they feel totally alone in their emotions because their partner isn't the same way. Or you might not be partnered and that feels lonely in a world where it seems that couples and partners are favored. Either way, we feel alone. And then people are not talking about what's real for them. And so you feel like you're the only one, or maybe I'm just the only one, but you feel like you're the only one going through what you are. And like I said at the beginning, you are not. We know from all of the happiness research that relationships are absolutely critical for happiness. And we also know from research that women friends who have close girlfriends live longer and are healthier. It's literally in our DNA as women to be closely connected with women. Because if we are the product of survival of the fittest of all women, if we go back not that long ago, women supported women in the village. Men were out, they were hunting, they were gathering, they were out to war, and women were with other women. And so that being in the DNA that women helped each other survive in life, helped each other with their children, helped each other through everything, that's still in our DNA. You hear me talk about it all the time. Yep, I'm going to talk about it again because sisterhood is so important. That's why my classes are sisterhoods where I teach you, where we all support each other and cheerlead each other because that is actually our natural state and what we need. And so if you've been feeling alone, the antidote is sisterhood. That's why I want you to get your butt into the Women's Happiness Masterclass that is coming up. Or if it's already passed, then get your butt into my next class. Get yourself into my next Goddess on Purpose class. Or I'm going to be doing a mama class at some point next year. Get yourself into one of my live courses because they are sisterhoods. And we need that support. We need that cheerleading. I did a challenge recently in my Facebook group, just a four-day challenge. And the overwhelming response was that women moved forward on their purpose because they had other women cheerleading them. That is how we do, girls. That is how we do. Now, these are just some of the things that I see. We can add in that we still have more responsibility with the home while we're working. We can add in COVID. We can add in so much. And the main thing I want you to take away is that you are in charge of your own happiness, that you are in control. Y'all know I wear a necklace and that I sell them on my website that say, I choose. I wear it every day. I choose. Because no matter what life gives you, you still get to choose what you do with it. And life is going to give you hard stuff. Life has given me hard stuff. Life is giving us COVID and isolation and we choose what we do with it. Do we pod? Do we still see friends for Zoom dates? Do we do social distance walks? Do we join sisterhoods online? Yes, the answer is yes, 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 yes. And with an election that could make you crazy or whatever's going on where you live, the anxiety, you can choose Mindset, mindfulness, breathing, joining yoga classes, again, joining sisterhood. I mean, there's so much. 
You don't have to choose to hate your body. You don't have to choose to hate yourself. You don't have to choose to feel less than. You don't have to choose to see that you're less competent. You get to choose that you're twice as happy. So these are just some tips and tricks to do so. Of course, for more, join the Women's Happiness Masterclass coming up Sunday the 18th. Even if you can't be there live, in order to get the recording, you have to register. Or if you're not listening to this in real time, the way that you choose, join the Purpose Girls Facebook group. I'm posting different inquiries and things to think about and challenges and videos all the freaking time. Or get on my newsletter list to be the first to know when I'm going to be doing programs, retreats, and to get the first dib at discounts and all of that. Of course, share this podcast with every woman you know. That's how we change the world one woman at a time. Make sure that you are following me on Instagram at Karen Rockhind, on Facebook at Coach Karen Rockhind. Let's connect because I want to make sure that you are twice as happy. That's what you deserve, my love. With that, may you live purposefully. May you love yourself and may you love life. Bye for now.